you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday. Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, what happens in your body when you eat salt? Your teacher is Dr. Angeline, uh, Evangeline uh, Matasaurus from the uh, Department of Nutrition and Food Science at the University of South Australia. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. How are you? Yeah, good. We want to look inside all our bodies. We're all eating a lot of salt. In fact, let's start with that. Australians consume about twice the recommended daily maximum each day. That's right, isn't it? They do. They do. On average, Australians do consume almost twice the amount of salt per day. And it is quite concerning given its link to increased risk of high blood pressure, which of course leads on to higher levels of heart disease and stroke and potentially kidney disease. Before we get to all of that, though, let's talk a bit about the science of salt. It was, of course, mm. famous as a preservative. Indeed, it was you know, one of the great stores of value was worth, worth so much. Why, why does it work so well as a preservative? And, 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 and why, does it, why, why do we like to taste it as well? Absolutely. So the reason it works really well as a preservative for our food is because it actually draws out the fluid from the food. And when you draw out the fluid from the food, bacteria can't grow in it as well. So this means that you can keep food safe for really long periods of time. And when they didn't have refrigeration or other preservation techniques a couple of hundred years ago and, you know, sooner, it was a really good way of storing valuable food to survive long winters. Okay, that salt, salt cod would be a great example of that. There's no moisture in it, so no nowhere for the bacteria to grow. Exactly, absolutely. And that's why it's... Large, well, it's still used a little bit in the food industry to preserve food and, you know, extend the shelf life of it. But it's also used because it really improves the taste of food for people. Um, so it accentuates whatever the taste is in the food and makes it, you know, more palatable. And the more palatable it is, the more people are going to eat and the more people eat of that food the more they're going to buy. And I think the classic is the chips, you know, when you start eating chips and you can taste the salt mm-hmm. and you like more and more of it. Okay. I guess everybody, so, everybody knows that eating too much salt leads to high blood pressure. You yeah. know, how come? What is it about salt that makes your blood pressure go up? Okay. So this is the thing. So when we consume salt, it's actually made up of two elements, the sodium and the chlorine. And we're more interested in the sodium aspect. Now, sodium is really important for our body. And in particular, all the cells that make up our body. And what sodium does is allows for membranes, the cellular membranes, to be well maintained and to allow messages to go across the cell membranes as well. The other important thing that these cellular membranes do, which the sodium regulates, is allow nutrients to come in and out of it so that the cells can function properly. So if we remember that salt has to be really tightly controlled in our blood, we can start to understand why um, it can lead to high blood pressure. So we might eat a lot of salt. It gets absorbed into our intestine and into our blood. And what the body does is says, oh, look, the concentration of the salt in the blood is too high for the way we want our body to work perfectly. And so what it does is it draws fluid into the blood vessels. And when you draw fluid into the blood vessels, it increases the blood pressure against the blood vessel wall. Ah. And this is what we call the high blood pressure. Right. So it's saying this blood is too salty. I better, bring, I better dilute it by bringing some more water in, some more fluid in, and therefore right. the pressure goes up. Absolutely. Now, most people, well, most people can control this. And so the body goes, okay, there's too much salt in the blood. 
let's get the fluid up, let's increase the amount of salt we excrete in our urine. And it has all these ways of managing it. But as we get older and for certain groups of people, it's more and more difficult to control all these processes. And that's when the blood pressure keeps going up. So you'll always have the story of someone who says, you know, my great-grandfather ate salt and never had high blood pressure and, you know, died at the age of 96. And, you know, and that's their good fortune, I guess, in the genes they've been given that it's not a problem for them. But for many of us, it is a problem. And the other thing to remember is the amount of salt we're probably eating is increasing rather than decreasing, despite the fact that we needed it as a preservative, you know, in the earlier mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and now we've got refrigeration. Uh, so you, you mentioned right. you mentioned some people are more uh, sensitive to to it than, than others. In fact, in fact, there are, there are some groups of, of really salt sensitive people, aren't there? That's right. So it's people who are older. So the older we get, unfortunately, our body is less able to deal with all the processes that it needs to keep us healthy. People who might have chronic kidney disease, women who have had high blood pressure during pregnancy, which we call preeclampsia are at a heightened risk of blood pressure as they get older. Um, And so we'll have more difficulty with that. And also people that had a low birth weight are also going to be more likely to be salt sensitive. And there's also some, um, you know, people of different racial backgrounds that seem to be more sensitive to it as well. And it's likely to be something in the genetic makeup, like the way that people react to a COVID illness differently that affects that. So it's, it's a lot of genetics in the way that we're able to deal with it, but there's also a lot of lifestyle factors that we can change to improve our blood pressure. And one of them is to reduce the amount of salt we consume. I was going to add, too, the idea of, 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 of testing your blood pressure, you know, pretty regularly. When you do that, it produces two figures, doesn't it? A high, low, a right. high and a low. Yeah, absolutely. So... The high one is called the systolic pressure, and that's the pressure in the artery walls as the heart contracts, and it's pushing the blood through your body. And the one at the below is the diastolic pressure, and that's when the heart's relaxing and it's being filled with blood. And so they look at both of them, um, and determining on your age, your other medical history, other medical conditions you've got, your doctor will sort of talk to you about where they'd like your blood pressure to be. But generally we're looking at something below 120 over 80. It's considered high if it goes over 140 over 90. And is the, is the high figure more important than the low figure or are they both just as important as each other? Uh, it would depend on also on your other history, but they're both important. They both need to be considered, you know, in the, um, in the figure. But the higher one, the, the one at the top, you know, is probably more important, but not a lot more important. I'd be concerned equally about both. Okay. So then we come to the issue, um, you know, how do we reduce it if, if most of us are having twice as, as much as we should every day? One of the interesting things is that an awful lot of it, maybe even three quarters of it, is contained. It's, it's not that little bit of salt you put on the boiled egg. It's, it's salt that's already built into the product, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And that's probably the thing that, surpri- that would surprise most of us. 75% of the salt we consume comes from processed or ultra-processed foods. Um, So this is things like, you know, um, breads and cereals, processed meats, your salamis, your metwursts, your devon, your hams, those sorts of things. And I guess probably the classic one is like the two-minute noodles. I had had a look at home in the cupboard um, and there's a pack of two-minute noodles hidden at the back and to find that it can contain about 1,500 milligrams of salt. That's almost... 
you know, uses up um, the 2,000 milligrams just in one, you know, ultra-processed mm-hmm. food. So that's a real concern. The fresh soup pouches you can buy, you know, that you can buy in those soft foil packs, they can contain about 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams. So there is a lot in the processed foods. So rather than being concerned about what you might add in the cooking or at the table, have a closer look at the amount of salt that's in the processed foods you purchase. And, you know, processed foods are also very high in saturated fat and sometimes, you know, depending on the product, high in added sugars. So they're good to get rid of in our diet regardless of the salt because they don't offer a lot of good nutrition and they offer a lot of the bits of the food that are bad for our health. I wonder if the the processed food companies could do more in terms of reducing the salt in some of these products in, in a way that most of us wouldn't even notice. Absolutely, and that is a, that's something that is being done, and often it's done without telling us. Um, I remember hearing a story that when one of the tomato sauce companies labelled their um, you know tomato sauce with lower in salt, people reacted, rang up, complained, said the food wasn't as tasty. They took off the label to say it was lower in salt and no one complained. So often if we don't know what's happened, it's really actually hard to pick the difference. So, you know, it's sort of done by stealth, gradually, gradually trying to encourage the food industry to reduce the amount of salt that's added in processed foods. But the public can also act and ask for it and also, you know, choose the processed foods that are lower in salt. So it's a matter of reading the labels and looking at the nutrition information panel on the food. And sodium will always be listed in that nutrition information panel along with protein, fat and carbohydrate. And looking for two similar brands and comparing the amount per 100 grams to see which one's lower in sodium and picking one that's lower in sodium. And eventually, you know, we can, by doing this, the industry will find out that we are looking for lower salt, you know, products and they will also be encouraged to try to reduce the sodium levels in their um, products. Okay, but I can still have a sprinkle on my boiled egg. Absolutely, if you reduce your processed food intake, Richard. And the other side of this is the more fruit and vegetables we have, we actually counteract the effect of the increased sodium in our diet. So fruit and vegetables are linked to really improved health outcomes for many chronic diseases like blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, um, And it's because it contains the potassium in there and that helps regulate the sodium a little bit better. So have more fruit and veg. It will help your blood pressure and it will help you for a whole lot of other chronic health conditions as well. An apple a day will keep the salt away. Evangelina, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Richard. Have a good evening. Dr. Evangeline Matasaurus, Program Director of Nutrition and Food Science at the University of South Australia. You can listen back, of course to her lesson online, abc.net.au slash Sydney there. You'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast next week. A lesson from Ben Britton, Director of the Wildcat Conservation Centre here in Sydney on raising a baby snapping turtle. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.